Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. So, Also joining me this week, Lavender Gooms. Hey guys, and I wish you guys a happy National Compliment Day. And may I say, you both look very handsome and dashing today. Oh, as do you, Mike. As do you. And now we all have compliments and we've finished the day. <laughs> there we are. You guys are both legendary. Oh, thank, thank you, Bobby. you, Bobby. Yeah, exactly. What, what a pleasant way to start this Honestly, show, Honestly, Mark's got the fucking Jim Danville Nightheart rubber band in the beard right now. And it is yeah, just like the that. best. It's a decision we've all wanted to make with the beard. Before, you know, and Mark's going double. That's even better. You know, double, double, double. Uh, These are actually like little, little Viking jewelry things. Because Christine, Christine, basically, like, oh, I want to braid your beard, mm. and she did it once, and I was like, eh, it, it's nice. I was like, I, I want to make sure it's more Viking than biker. So she got these little like beads and, you know, we're, we're trying it out at home. Yeah. Before we make any public. In, in fairness, I think but... it's more of a home thing. Just my two cents. Mm. But I don't know. I don't see a lot of people rocking the beard hair uh, stuff because, I mean, one time I when, when your beard hair gets long, Mike. And I'm saying this because I'm not saying you can't grow one this long because I've seen you grow uh, facial no, hair. I, I, but but okay. I can't do that. OK, I've seen you grow facial hair, but uh, when you've never really get it. Let it get unruly and like. That's when you're looking at shit in the mirror and you're like, I can do a fucking lightning bolt. And I have done a lightning bolt. Just weird ass designs <laughs> and shit that I was like, I can't do this. I got I got to get rid of this. Um, anyway, folks, when we did the show last week, we're like, we're we going to get some new champions. We knew we'd get at least one new champion and we'd be merging another championship. And uh, Jamal Hill beat the yeah. fucking brakes off of Glover Tishera. Um, to become the UFC light heavyweight champion, um, this month, um, you know, we'll see if he's still a champion next month. Maybe, maybe Dana White didn't like that fight either. Um, by the way, Dana White, not at the card. So any issues we had with the card, we can just say that was why, because as we know, when Dana White's not there, everybody suffers. We all suffer. Yeah, what a horrible card because he wasn't there. Yeah, he, you know what? what? You know what? Some of the issues I have with some of the things that were happening in corners and, and uh, referees, maybe Dana's the reason. He wasn't there. He wasn't there to fix it. Um, but yeah, Jamal Hill, new um, new UFC light heavyweight champion. Uh, we'll see what's next for him. Uh, we got some discussions I have there. And Brandon, the baby assassin Moreno. Ends the feud. Ends the mm -hmm. quadrology, tetralogy, depending on what, you know, which dictionary website you went to this week with Davison Figueredo punching the motherfucker right in that eye. Just knuckle mm -hmm. punch to the eye. Quite frankly, it was not going Davison's way. Um, everybody who I, everybody you respect had it three rounds to nothing. Okay. The judges gave the second round to Figueredo. Whatever. Didn't matter. Ultimately. Um, 
Figueredo announced he's going up in weight. Brandon's got a whole bunch of challengers. We all move on. Uh, we had um, Gilbert Burns coming back and reminding us just how good he is. Jesus Christ. Um, we had uh, Lauren Murphy taking an absurd amount of abuse over Andrade. We had Johnny Walker knocking dudes out away. New ways, Mark. New ways I hadn't seen before. And we had, sure. you, you see that man? Have, he, the guy was holding one leg up. And he's hammer fisted I mean, sideways. New, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a fin- finesse no, no. technique to use. It was very much like a schoolyard fight yeah, kind of was. thing. But we'll get into it. Yeah, you could tell me Johnny Walker doesn't actually know anything. And he's just 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 stumbling into victories and all these. He's, I buy it. He's, wing, he's winging and winning. So can't blame him. And uh, we'll talk about Shogun's retirement and uh, some of the way the UFC books that stuff. And other stuff too. Bone Fiend Brothers, Robocop ruining six, uh, so much money. Robocop owes me so much money. Let me just put it that way. Um, a bunch of other stuff. We'll get into that. T-Rex has woken up at this point this morning from that knockout. But let's get into it. Marcus, Jamal Hill. And um, let me just yeah. get this off the bat, uh, right off the bat here. Because um, I was going to start, I was going to try to maintain this thing I was doing the last couple of weeks where I was calling out everything wrong with these fucking people that they publicly do. And mm-hmm. um, I was really disappointed in Jamal Hill. Because frankly, because I think you guys have, Listen to the show might recognize that I've called out how much I enjoy Jamal Hill's fights, like last like year or so. So him getting a title shot, that was pretty cool. Some of the things this man chooses to believe and support, uh, a little unfortunate to find yeah. out, uh, including the uh, Andrew Tate stuff was this week, mm-hmm. which kind of I mean just lines up with the Dana White stuff. So I guess it's just one brush we're painting with anyway. Here was going to make a bunch of smart ass coup remarks with uh, Davis and Figueroa. Can't live in this negativity, Mark. Huh, Mike? I can't live in this negativity <laughs> sure. this much. Yeah. I'm still going to do it at times. I'll be honest. Anytime somebody does something, I'll point it out every now and then. But I'm going to do my best not to. Jamal Hill, man. What a story. Came back. If you know his life story, very, very tough upbringing for him to get to this point. Winning that title. Marcus presenting it to his coaches on his knees when it was over in tears. Just a moment for him. I'll be honest, Mark. I um, I did not think. I I, I knew he got, he got taken down six times by Tiago Santos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Tiago Santos isn't offensive wrestler like not on like not the way glover is like glover can wrestle i'm like uh he's fucked if he gets taken down and that's what i was banking on and i quite frankly thought that was going to happen the leaps this young man made in his takedown defense from i'm not saying he's going to stop daniel cormier but like big big improvements in the grappling from this young man and when it was on his feet just hammered glover what'd you see Mm mm-hmm yeah, uh, the same. You know, Glover has really made strides in his takedown ability, um, and he definitely struggled in this fight. And he, but he did find success too. And I think that's where I want to give uh, Jamal Hill even more credit is that he did do a good st- job stopping the takedowns. But when he did find himself on his back, he asserted himself very well there because that's really was the danger zone. You know, once I thought Glover got on top of him, I really thought he was going to be able to exert his will and really take over the fight and potentially really tire out. Um, Jamal Hill, and I think that, and when I picked Glover, that was the downfall, right? I thought Glover was going to be able to take him down. He was going to work him over on top, much like he did with Jan. Um, it would tire Hill out, and he would eventually find the submission. Um, that didn't happen, you know, to Jamal's case, you know, when Glover got in on his hips, which he was able to a couple times, Glover didn't really transition into the next steps to complete the takedown. And I think part of that was, you know, him not being a fantastic wrestler. He's a really good wrestler. He's not like a divisional wrestler. Um, and it also had a lot to do with Jamal's athleticism, his explosion. And later in the fight, just his 
quick reflexes, being able to just negate those altogether. And then I think one of the things that Jamal Hill does extremely well and has done throughout his career in this fight really reminded me of it because in his last couple of fights, especially with like Johnny Walker, they've been kind of just like barn burners. You know, it's just been kind of a firefight. But one thing I've always really admired about his striking ability is like his shots uh, selection. He doesn't just throw the same shots. He throws different shots. He threw a lot of uppercuts in this fight that was finding, you know, his marks in success. And then the head kicks were probably his most damaging fight, uh, his strike. And he he set those up really well. He went to the body quite often with T kicks and even just roundhouse kicks to the body to kind of lull Glover into thinking that's kind of the extent of his, you know, kicking ability on the outside and then started blasting him with head kicks. Um, to Glover's, you know, credit, I think the first time Jamal really went to the head was after Glover did. Glover started getting aggressive. He kicked him with a low kick. And when uh, Jamal Hill was trying to exit out in the first round, he threw a big high kick that missed. And then Jamal Hill blasted him back with one. And he was just, Jamal Hill was always in better range to, to land those big head kicks. Uh, and, and those were the most damaging strikes. I think it was around two and three. He really hurt Glover. Um, at the end of the fight, you know, it was a wash with Jamal getting all rounds. But I was a little surprised, you know, this was one of those situations where I saw the results before I watched the fight and, you know, seeing that it was 50, 44 across the board. That was like, okay, terrible. This was, this was a dominant mm -hmm. uh, fight. He won every round and one round he got 10, eight and I was watching it. I was like, I think he got, he could have got 10, eights uh, in a handful was, of rounds, yeah. if not like three or four rounds. Cause there was multiple times he had Glover hurt significantly. There was multiple times he had him up against the cage and he was just, you know, picking his shots and, you know, really dominating there uh, to Glover's credit. In those situations where he was in deep water against the cage, I think one thing that saved him from referee stoppages, because I think there was multiple times I was like, the referee could come in here and stop it. He would fire back. You know, there was a couple of times he was against the cage. He was trying to Man, move and his Marcus, head. The one he was on the ground, though. Like, that was the point where he was, like, fake. He was, like, in the ground getting hit on the ground. There was a couple of points mm -hmm. where, like, when he was on the ground. And, like, I had I – th I thought the right scorecard was at least having 50-43. To be honest, I thought I think yeah, it was like the, was third, the, the third round and the second round. He was beating Glover's second round, especially they were beating the shit. He was beating the shit out of him. And like yeah, even like the the fourth round, because going into the fifth, I was like, we're done. Dude, here, I had right like, dude, I had a bet that like either the main event or the co-main event, it would end in the fourth or fifth round. And I was sitting there just like, like it was a ten dollar bet. So I didn't really care that much. But I'm just like, yo, like we're done here. Like he's got an axe wound on his fucking head. Mm -hmm. Like that was. And he was answering all the questions, and he was there. Yeah. And look, we all have the, a world of respect for Glover Teixeira. But like, we'll get into a conversation later when we talk about Murphy and um, Andrade about our general feelings on the stoppages here. But it was a lot. He took a, he took two hundred and thirty. I'm looking at the numbers here. Two hundred. Yeah, he took two hundred and thirty two significant strikes. They said it was the most in light heavyweight history. Yeah. <laughs> what was really disappointing was like, oh, he beat Marvin Vittori. And I was like, oh, Marvin Vittori. The How significant were those strikes? <laughs> How significant were those significant well, strikes? It's just, it's just weird because it's like, oh, this guy that fought light heavyweight once because his opponent couldn't make weight now ha had like a light heavyweight like record. It just seemed kind of weird. And it was just a weird little tidbit. Um, but no, back to Jamal Hill, he was extremely impressive in this fight. You know, I did think Glover was going to have the acclimate on the ground and the ability to take him down that was really not going to allow him to shine. And this was a shining performance for him. He looked fantastic. Um, he's always looked good in the stand-up, but his ability to basically keep the fight there the entire time and just completely dominate Glover was 
spectacular. You know, I think it was easily was, his best fight, the most so important fight of his career. Dude, I was so uh, impressed. And it'll be interesting to see him match up against other fighters, right? I mean, I do think, um, was it Maglamed? That's going to be interesting yeah, because you know that's what? a different Mark, type about, of I want to get Mike in on this. How about the fight that Jamal Hill? How about the fight that Jamal Hill was originally supposed to have against Anthony Smith? See, Anthony missed weight twice as the backup <laughs> for this fight, and Anthony was coming off of a loss to Magomed. Here's the thing. Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this. We can abandon the concept that this is a meritocracy, right, at this point? Yeah. Entirely. This is not a meritocracy. Um, obviously, though, the best choice is if Yuri Prohaska can go, right? And we don't – and, like, look, if Yuri Prohaska can go in July, then we should wait because it sounds like that would be a sick fight. Jamal versus Yuri, I mean, those dudes just sw swinging, that sounds like a good time. If they can't do that, Mike, we got – Magomed and Jan, who both drew, who drew with each other. We got Anthony Smith, as you mentioned. We got, I don't know how hurt Rakic is, but he, he technically lost to Jan when his knee exploded. Um, we got, uh, I mean, do we talk about Johnny Walker? Because he's just, he's right there. He just beat Paul Craig. But they just, he, they he just has fought. like two fights. He has like a two fight win streak I right mean, now. This, Johnny is, this is the top. This is the rankings. Um, not so. Yeri Glover Glover's out. Yeri Magomed Yawn, Rakic Anthony Smith Nikita Krylov Paul Craig Ozdemir Ryan Span Johnny Walker. It feels like any of these dudes can beat another one. I think it, doesn't Paul Craig have a win over Ankalaev? Is that a thing? All right. Does does Magomed have a loss to anybody? Like. I feel it feels like a lot of the like it seems like a real precarious situation, Mike. Who do you think? What would you do in your? In your uh, in, well, if we have to book a fight for Jamal Hill, what is it? This was January. Jamal's yep. got to fight in May. Who is he fighting if it's not Yuri? Mm -hmm. Well, also closer to the end of January, so there's that. But uh, hearing the the interview that Pohaska had with Ariel uh, earlier today. Um, he didn't quite rule out being able to fight in March. He definitely ruled out being able to fight in March rather than in May or July. But he did speak about wanting to come back at 100% and not rushing his, his rehab back. So I don't think he would be coming back in July. I think he'll be coming back later on in the year. Um, so... With that said, I do think Jamal Hill will have to have a title defense between now and then. Um, he came out of this fight pretty unscathed. Um, so, right? Yeah, you're muted, Bob. Yeah, you're I muted, think I think he had like a shiner on his eye, but like I think you're right. Unless yeah. he like unless he hurt his hands beating Glover's ass. I'm not trying to be funny. It might have happened, but yeah, nothing yeah. we know of. And and besides that, so everyone you mentioned, I think would be an interesting fight. And at the risk of taking the pessimist uh, point of view, it really doesn't matter who, who he fights. If it's, if it's not Pahaska at this point, it's like, all right, wh whoever one of these guys, one of these guys that, you know, drew in their last fight that, you know, Dana White didn't exactly like, or, you know, the guy who was supposed to fight. Jamal whoever Hill posted the most ass way. to power slap. You know, whatever we want to do, want to give it to like none of none of these guys to steal Dana White's uh, um, language. I mean, none of them really move the needle, um, to be honest, when it comes to whoever would be fighting for the title next. So it really doesn't matter so, which one it is. Whoever's healthiest and can fight in about three to four months. So I uh, when they were coming out, 
Glover's team. I'm not sure I'm the only, I'm sure I'm not the only one who noticed. Poeton, Alex Pajeda, is fucking huge. And Glover in his post-fight interview said, Alex is going to move up to light heavyweight after he's done, after he defends the belt a few times at middleweight. Look, Mike, I know we can't do, we can't just like not do Izzy versus Poeton. Izzy's earned that. But Poeton going up to avenge his coach, Glover, against Jamal is some fucking just, I look, I'm not the biggest fan of ruining two divisions with double champions, but come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun, no? <laughs> Those two dudes also throwing hands? <laughs> it, it. It would be funny because Pajeda, while being a massive middleweight, I think he'd still be a pretty big light heavyweight. He's so no? big. He is such like a large human being. He looks like he weighs like 230 pounds. It's like, uh, it's, that'd be a good fight, Marcus. I'm just saying, I think that'd be a really good fight. Jamal versus yeah. uh, Pajeda. I mean, I think what's kind of interesting is though, outside of uh Maglamed, you know, I, I think most of and, and again, like I even I keep putting him in this shoebox. I think he's like a wrestler type, and I don't really think he necessarily is. I think he can wrestle pretty well, but he likes to strike. So when you look at you know 205, out now with Glover gone, it does seem like the top guys are mostly all strikers. And it's it's something that Jamal Hill's really good at. You know, it's not like it's hard to say he's the best of the division, although like you know he's holding the belt now, so that yep. definitely stands for something. But like He's going to be fighting a bunch of other guys that kind of like the style of fight that he's he likes. And then in that regard, yeah, Alex Pereira, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he transfers to 205. But right now, I think it's fairly safe to say he's the you know most powerful, dangerous striker at 185. I do think he kind of owes Izzy that uh, rematch. So we'll see how that goes. You know, that's still going to be a tough fight. Izzy did pretty good in that fight until he kind of dropped the ball at the end. Um, but if he can get past that, I think that's a great storyline for him to go up to 205, become a double champ, and, you know, avenge his yeah. coach. Jamal Hill still has to maintain the belt, right? If he loses it to Aglamed or Jan um, and Alex goes up, I still think that's intriguing. Anytime someone wants to be double champion or goes for it, I always think that's, you know, a fun super fight. Um but with this kind of dynamic where if Jamal Hill is still a champion, he beat, beat his coach. There's like some revenge storyline going there. I think it just intensify what is already on paper a really intriguing match. So I think yeah. that'd be great if they could line that up. But there's a lot of stars that have to. Yeah, that fight, though, in so general, we'll it'd be cool to see. I mean, let's just, just pencil that in for when this dude moves up because that sounds like a good yeah, matchup. Even if it's not a title, right? Like if Jamal let's Hill just have that fight. Yuri. And yeah, Alex wants to move up and they're like, okay, well, you know, because maybe, maybe Alex loses to Izzy, right? And he's like, you know what? I mean, shit, he was. Fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's just say he loses and he's like, you know what? 185 is kind of tough to make. I'm going to move up to 205. Now he's not the champion. He's coming off a loss. Maybe Jamal Hill uses, loses to Yuri. And I still think you can make that. I mean, I, I don't I don't think it headline a pay-per-view, but I think you make it a co-main and it'd be fantastic. They're like one of those cards where you only have one title fight but you have Jamal Hill and um, Alex Pereira on the co-main. I think that's pay-per-view worthy right there. So it's intriguing. Yeah. Um, we got the ball roll. Got to get going here a little bit more. But congrats to Jamal Hill, man. Jamal Hill of For sure. Chicago, Illinois. Sweet dreams. I like the nickname. And uh, Paul Craig has uh, is Jamal Hill's only loss, and he's Magomed Ankalev's only loss. I love this weight class sometimes, right? Dude, not, he didn't just – he got backhanded. <laughs> the hammer fist. Basically, lost and got wormed on. 
Mike, Brandon Moreno, didn't want to leave any doubt with this one, bro. Uh, wasn't particularly close. Um, you know, we had maybe we had more dominant performances on this main card, of course, but most people had a pretty had to had a three nothing after that third round. What did you think of the fight? Yeah, I uh, I had a three nothing as well, and uh, Mia Culpa from from Lavender Grooms. I thought that Brandon Moreno didn't have a chance in this fight. I thought there would have been too much turmoil considering everything that happened with James Kraus. And that didn't seem to have any type of uh, uh, effect on him. Um, he landed the better strikes throughout the fight. was getting the better the grappling exchanges. Uh, obviously, the uh, the third round is where, uh, you know, there were the real magic happened where you know, Moreno landed clean 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 left hook seemed like the the knuckle like one of the knuckles just got right up into the uh the eye the, the eye socket for figueredo um i think the reason why though um everyone in the audience thought that it was uh dirty was because right after catching him with the knuckle like he kind of pushed off he like smushed them with 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 his other hand you're you muted bob he was like, he went with the right hand eye rake, the left hand punch, right hand eye rake. Didn't need the eye rake though, so he went for the, it. The, and, and and the eye rake, well, it, it wasn't an eye rake, but the rake didn't even get to the eye that Figueredo was complaining about. But you know, in, in real time, you could see how uh, it, it looked a little fishy. But um, in between third and fourth round, the, the Brazilian doctors they said. No, we're actually going to prioritize fighter safety, which that had to have been the biggest upset of the night. Dude, I'm, Mike, I'm not going to lie. I don't wish bad things on these fighters. They're putting their bodies out there. But as a guy who bet on on, on Moreno in the fourth round specifically, because earlier this week, Brandon Moreno said he's going to win in the fourth round. And who am I to call him a liar? Like, Mike, who, Mike, who am I to call Brandon Moreno a liner? liar? He said he's going to win the fourth round. I'm like, all right. Let's go five bucks, two thousand to one. Let's go fucking go. I mean, like, did did you guys hear how the doctor stopped it? Because for me, watching it, I mean, he did the eye test, and maybe he failed the eye test, and that's like the doctor. He couldn't get it open. I'm, I'm I think that was he just the eye yeah. wouldn't open. But but honestly, like for me, it kind of seemed like Figueroa was kind of done. Oh, like, he it was, seemed like the fight yeah. wasn't going his way. I I think I don't know if it came out yet. Like it seemed like that punch potentially could have broke his orbital. So he's like, I'm seriously injured. I'm getting taken down. I'm kind of getting dominated for the most part. It kind of his body language to me going into the, you know, into the fourth round where it got stopped. It kind of seemed like for me, it was like he didn't really want it. So I do wonder if it was the doctor saying like, oh, because I think he was doing like, oh, how many fingers do you see here on his good eye? He got it on the bad eye. Maybe he didn't get well, his it. Eye was close, he was wasn't his, it? Or did he close it, himself? It was pretty close. But I, okay, we go back to the Glover fight, right? End of the fourth round. I'm like, oh, they should stop the fight. This he's cut up. He's gotten his shit kicked out of him. They did not stop the fight because Glover's like, "Fuck yeah, I want to go." Yeah, he's like, "No, let's go." Like he at the end of the the I got what you're between four and five, he was so ready to go. I think the doctors were like, eh, "Look it, he like he's pretty busted." He was up, like, "Let's so, go!" Like, like he was ready to yeah, go. <laughs> he, he, he literally said that. Like he's like he's he's willing to fight still. And for Figueroa, it just didn't seem like he had that in them. It seemed like. A lot of the gas was taken out of him. Um, and to his credit, you know, I think a lot of that was with Murano um, making adjustments, you know, a lot more takedowns. Dude, a a shout out to dude. If he's gonna if he's gonna be smart and take dude these four, these two dudes, and more so Moreno, but also Figueredo as well, have gotten so much better. Like 
If you watch the first fight, Marcus, and you go to this, watch mm-hmm. this fight, even like the skill level, Brandon Moreno has grown leaps and bounds. It feels like Brandon Moreno feels like he was just refused to lose in the first one. It wasn't even a skill thing. Like I'm still fucking here. And like Figueroa taking the fight on short notice, that one. And, you know, Figgy cuts a lot of weight and, you know, all that shit. And, like, he missed, he lost a point. Like, there was a lot that for Brandon to get that first draw. By this one, though, Brandon was a complete mixed martial artist. Gotten so much better everywhere. He's throw, incorporating takedowns. Figueroa uh, actually tried to, like, make adjustments in that third fight. I feel they've gotten so much better, honestly, both of them. Yeah, I, I think they have. With this fight, though, I think one thing that Moreno has to be kind of cautious of and I think he in, in the third round, he, he did it much better. But like the takedowns just, you know, with this new scoring criteria don't count for as much as they used to. And I hear what you're saying. And, I, you know, watching it in real time, I kind of thought he did enough in the second round to get the judge's decision. But I think they gave it to Figueroa because it was pretty close. Brandon got him down, but Figueroa got a good catch. He got a guillotine that he had to fight out of for like, I don't know, like 40 seconds. It was in pretty deep. And I think when you're looking at that criteria of like damage and the grappling and being aggressive and assertive and trying to finish, I think that's what got him the round. That's fair. So, yeah. And while I think like it, I think it's great. And I think getting takedowns, not only to potentially score a little bit, but also just to throw your opponent off. Cause it's like, Oh, I can't just worry about this dude striking. And that's one thing that led to his takedowns. You know, Brandon, I do think has a little bit, at least in this fight, getting in the pocket he was throwing a lot of looping shots from the outside, but he was throwing a lot of overhand rights. And to set that up, he was ducking down. He was basically switching levels and throwing an overhand right. So when he shot the double, you know, Figueroa thought he was going for an overhand right, and he was able to get a good shot in and take him down. Man. So I think th- those things are beneficial. But like, I think the days where it's like, oh, he got a takedown. That's no, no. I, mean, I just like that he's actually like, doing yeah. it. I like that there's dudes doing yeah. it. Like he's making evol- evolution of his he's, game. Yeah, yeah, Mike. My dude Moreno, man, I watched that last fight again, the third one, and I'm thinking like, yo, Figueroa has blocked zero left hooks, zero. Got 25 minutes of blocking zero left yeah, hooks. Called it. Someone is gonna like. I was waiting for him to throw more of them, and like, God bless, he hit it because that's what did it. But I was so happy to be right, man. I was just like, all right. <laughs> I watched this shit for like 15 years. I gotta know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I did some research. Um, what can be said about Brim Moreno's coaching staff, though, Mike? Sa- uh, Saif Saeed? Uh, yeah, is? I was gonna say, what, what was the guy's name? I think it's uh, Saif Saeed, I think his name is. I'll look it up. Um, congratulations to him. It's uh, the first USC championship that he's ever won on his record. So, so kudos to him. Uh, what was your question again? I mean, what can we say about them, I guess, really? Just good job on short notice. What are you going to do, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how short notice it is. Cause I think Moreno basically did go through most of this camp without... Um, well, um, Jesus, why am I blanking on the Saif name? Saif Saud. S-A-Y-I-F-S-A-U-D. That's his name. James Krause. James Krause. That's what I was referring to. But still not ideal conditions. Um, I wonder what's going to happen going forward because Saeed, I think, is based out of Texas, whereas Moreno's based out of Kansas City. Isn't well, I think that's where uh, Kraus was, and I'm not sure that gym exists anymore okay. because that's where the gym was. The Glory MMA gym was Kansas City. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, I know we didn't. I know on the rundown I said we're going to have to give Glover his 
flowers, and we will in a bit here. But um, and then that logical choice here, Mike, is Pantoja. We've been talking about it on this show as Pantoja's that dude to come up and fight the winner of these things. Pantoja's got a win uh, at Ober Moreno. He also has a second reality show win over Moreno. Obviously, he's not yep. the same fighter, and he basically accosted Moreno backstage to be like, can you fight next month? Like, <laughs> that type of thing. It's like, yo, I get you've been waiting yeah, two years, what, buddy. I get it. You've been waiting a while. But like... <laughs> but from, from what I read, he went. It was all love. Like, hey, congrats, congrats. Yo, when we fighting? And uh, you, you gotta you gotta appreciate that type of uh, that type of attitude. Uh, but he he's obviously the next guy up. Um, I mean, just basically, even if just because you know we don't have to see Figueredo um, fight for the title anymore, um, there's not gonna be a. Dude, fifth Moreno looks so, so done with this thing. Moreno was so done with Figgy when it was over. It's a guy I'm done with this motherfucker. All right, leave me alone. <laughs> It'll uh, be great to see, uh, you know, some new blood fighting for the title. I mean, they helped uh, Marcus. I think, like, when this division got, when they started cutting dudes to, like, kill the division, when they cut, like, mm-hmm. all those dudes, including Moreno, by the way, was one of them. He got cut in that thing. And um, people, like, was like, like in the, the division was saved. And I think people try to give it to Henry, you know, because he tried to, like, he beat Dillashaw and stuff or whatever because Dillashaw came down to 125. I think we got to give credit to these two guys for helping rebuild a weight class that they did not, that UFC didn't like or didn't care at all about. Um, I know it's been a while they fought four times and all stuff, but in these two years and four fights, these guys, we got a weight class, man. Like we got, like we're deep. We got a full weight class worth of dues to come in now. I mean, we got to give them their credit here, Marcus. Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we we talked about it when, I mean, I think Henry was a little bit of that, but I think mostly was, you know, we had such a dominant champion in DJ. He had cleared out the division and he himself, you know, not anything against him at all. I actually liked DJ a lot, but he just wasn't moving the needle, right? Like no one cared about the division. Man he was, was so 35 grand a fight, Mark. 35 for winning show. He was Jesus. making nothing and they sold it. They traded him. Yeah. How many, how many MMA trades has the UFC done? They erased him from history, basically. God bless Anik saying his name. Because, like, it, they it, don't even recognize him anymore. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's the only time in the organization's history they're like, oh, we're going to give you one of our fighters for one of yours, let alone the most dominant champion in the division. Like, that's how the little company. they thought of him. Was like, <laughs> we are going to give you away the only... I'm forgetting the late class. Is it featherweight? Fly. Fly. We're gonna give you the only flyweight champion. He's defended his belt like what eight times? Or I don't know how many times. Twelve. It was, it was a twelve times. That's insane. <laughs> we're gonna give. We're gonna give you that guy for Ben Askren, who for years who was retired, was like, who was retired, who tried to get in the UFC for like a decade when he was in Bellator. You know, he was calling out GSP. They didn't want anything to do with him, right? And then it's like they had this opportunity to get him. Um, and to trade him for DJ, you know, and then, yeah, so the division was in, in, in dire straits. Um, and I think, you know, f- for me personally, it was like, I think Figueroa came in and not the most charismatic guy, but was an exciting champion. Like, and I think that that's kind of, you know, not to, not to discredit DJ who is so tremendously skilled, but I think he was just so heads above everyone else. He didn't have to put himself in positions where he had to risk, you know, Going for the finish, he could just kind of outskill these guys and figure out it was like, I'm a killer, I'm gonna kill everybody. He's like, Oh, 
this guy's a fun champion. And then he found the rival that, you know, the greats in the, you know, industry and the sport need to have to really build, you know, kind of a character and a, a narrative around them. And I mean, what a rivalry they had, you know, the only time that I can remember, you know, guys having four fights um, in the same organization, I guess, you know, you, there, there are a couple guys, um, you know, Quentin and Silva, I guess, fought four times. Yeah. Right. I four think. times, including Bellator. Um, yeah. And, and two of them were in Pride, Pride Tim Sylvia and Andre uh, Orlovsky. Three in the Nothing UFC. Like and then one in one. One, yeah. I think. But a four yeah. in one company. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. They'd never done it before. And it's just because, like, these guys put on great fights. They were top of the division. Um, but I think, like, a lot of other people, like, look, I, I'm glad they did it. It was interesting. But I, you do need to see the division move on. You can't just have these two same guys fighting over and over again. So I think <clears throat> this wraps it up. You know, we got a clear winner. Figueroa's going up to 35. The division's going to move well, on. You mentioned it. Mike, who do you want to see Figueroa fight at 35? I got my thoughts. I know you guys do too. The God of War is going up. He needs six months. He's got, he might need surgery. By the way, Jamal's got a broken nose and so does Glover. And that's all Glover somehow has besides cuts. <laughs> oh, man. I, I really don't know. I haven't really given that much thought. Um, let me take a quick look at the rankings. I mean, I was going to say, Marcus, when he took off his gloves, I was like, oh, he's just, re we're, we're going to lose him too tonight? We're losing sure. this guy. That's, real weird. That's usually what you do that for. Who do you want um, to fight? Well, I was thinking, I don't think he's here anymore because um, he had such a bad spell. Marlon Marais is gone, right? I think he went back to a uh, uh, World Series, PFL. Did you go back? Because I thought that, that could be kind of an interesting, not a big step up. I think what would be kind of intriguing, because you mentioned who you wanted to see, Bob. Um, now, I think this guy, oddly enough, is maybe too high ranked. Maybe, maybe not, though. Um I'd like to see him in a Sugar Sean fight. I think that'd be kind of interesting. Oh, come on. None of the Sugar Sean fighting for the title, man. Well, Dude, okay, well, I mean, in like, fairness, the guy I'm suggesting is Marlon Vera, who's like three. Like, it, it, yeah, and he's right there, too. He's currently ranked number four. Marlon, Marlon is? Yeah, Honestly, Sean look. Patty, Peter Jan, Marab. Not even going to attempt that last name, and then Marla. Uh, look, I, I don't, mm. I don't want to throw cold water on this entirely. I think this is not going to be the greatest... I'm not sure how 35-year-old Figueredo is going to fare. Being hey, huh? He's that old. Yeah, and like he's not tall and he's not exactly he's not exactly a output guy. Like he's got to get in and crack you. And he's been able to do it at flyweight. Man, he might just be at the end of a Rob Font jab for th three so, rounds, you know? So like by, that's also that. By the way, by the way, at 135, uh Jan is fighting Marab. Marlon is fighting Corey Sandhagen, and it's still TBD, Sean versus Al Jermaine. I think they want which to say means, Which means, at least not considering Cejudo, uh, champion through five, all accounted for. And even, yeah. Aljo needs surgery, too, also. I don't know. It depends what they're going to wait for. I mean, I, I want Marlon Vera. Marcus, you mentioned Sean. Mike, what do you think of Cody Garbrandt? Cody Garbrandt, he's still, be short, is he still fighting? It'd be a short fight. <laughs> It'd not be a long fight if those dudes are throwing hands. I, I didn't even know Cody Garbrandt was still fighting. I mean, he's not winning. I think he's fighting. Uh, I don't think he point. retired. At the same time, you know, Figueroa is a former champion. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think for all of us, it's kind of like, well, you know, these top five guys. I mean, one, like Mike said, 
it looks like they all have engagements set up. Um, we'll see, you know, after the dust settles, maybe there'll be one of those guys that loses or wins, but you know, yeah, maybe one of those top guys that he's out six months. Mark. So you're right. He's out six months. Might work out for us. Um, even Rob font. I just said Rob font. That'd be a pretty good fight. You know, what's song Yadong up to song Yadong. And, uh, dude, this weight class is deep. Fucking song. Rob font. Rob Font is fighting Adrian Yanez in UFC 287. That's a fucking good fight. That's went 280 what? Uh, 287. Which one's 287? That is so far away. <laughs> what is that even happening? <laughs> April 8th. Yeah. Okay. Did it say where it is? No. Okay. Denver. No, Denver's probably... I'm imagining they got to go to Denver at this Denver's point. Denver's going to be in like November. Well, because of the twenty year, thirty year thing, you think? Yeah, maybe. But I think that was going to mean. Uh, well, we'll talk about this in a second, a, a little bit later. We got a lot to go through here. So shit. Okay. Um. Okay. This is where I'm going to talk about the crowd because they showered Brandon Moreno with uh, praise, beer, and snacks and popcorn and shit as he's trying to get out of there. Between that, everybody leaving during the Glover fight, and I recognize he was not. It was one sided, but. I don't think it was boring. Let's go with that. Two, I think if you ask 10 MMA fans, is Glover retiring if he loses this fight? I think eight would say yes. And I think we owed it to him to stick around. Also, they were just weak sauce all night, man. I think that they, I think we had high expectations. I think we always romanticized the Brazilian crowds because of how great it was when it first started. And I was guilty of this. I was trying to tell my girlfriend about how excited I was to see the Brazilian crowd and all that. And it's been three years forget sometimes this is the same crowd and like I don't want to pay people with one brush but the events in Brazil have led to some gr- not so great crowd interactions including like fighters getting hit on the way in and you know I know calling for everybody's death is some of it's like a cultural thing they don't actually want you to die it's just some badass shit they chant okay but you know it was just on top of anything else the crowd just being kind of weak all night was a little disappointing I think for a lot of people 13,000 people and we're in, we're in that state we're in that uh Himnasio, whatever they call it, um, over there. Just a weak sauce crowd, it felt like. Just weak sauce all around. Um, and Marcus Glover Teixeira, a few weeks ago, I remember you mentioned when we were talking about how shitty everybody is, how much you miss GSP. Yeah, Glover to that list too, man. It's a guy who... Of good people. Of good people. Of guys we... we of good yeah, people. We'll, we'll miss and respect. And I think yeah. it's going to be, it's always going to be a question, those five years where he was like, from age, like, I think he, when did he get to the UFC? Probably he was like 32. He's 43 now. Something from age, like, like, 26 to 31, when you had, like, Chuck Liddell and John Hackleman talking about how fucking good this guy is, and he couldn't fight in the United States because of visa issues. We're always going to wonder what could have been back then, but I'm happy that, you know, he got that title. He has nothing to prove to anybody. He can go be a coach. You know, he just, this dude just lives in Connecticut. And like um, Chuck Mendenhall, the um, the writer, you know, Marcus, the man in the hat, he lives in the same town. And he mm-hmm. says like, people know Glover's just in town. He's just a dude in town. People know he's a UFC champion and a fighter and stuff. But like, he's a normal dude in town. Just a guy moved from Brazil and ended up in Connecticut because he liked it. He's coaching a team over there. He's got the middleweight champion of the world under his, you know, wing. After this fight's over, he's telling the crowd, all 30 of them that are still there, hey man, don't throw stuff at Jamal. You know, we have a lot of respect for each other. He's a champion now. I'm going to walk out with him. Do not do not throw stuff at him. 
It's a good dude, man. We're going to miss people like this in the sport. We need him. I mean, I'm not even sure. talking about how, I'm not even talking about how good of a fighter he is, but like I just think he's like he, a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he is. And, and I mean, it's become abundantly clear in, in the last, you know, month of episodes how disappointed we've been in organizations and fighters themselves, you know, to have a guy like Glover where there's nothing but like goodwill on the guy. Like he's just a fun-loving good spirited guy that, you know, always had a smile, loved the sport, was a good ambassador of the sport. Um, and it, it's sad to see any of those guys go, but at the same time, it's like, it, it's incredible that he was able to capture the belt at the age he was. And, you know, I honestly, like for me, I wasn't even thinking necessarily, I mean, one, I thought he was going to win the fight. So I wasn't thinking about him retiring. Um, but towards the end of that fight, I absolutely thought like, yeah, he should hang it up because this fight and the Yuri fight were just like, and, and I think he said it, himself after the fight like he's too tough for his own good because going into the fifth round there was nothing really left to prove right and i think he eventually i think in the fifth round he did get jamal hill down and even then didn't lay on his laurels i thought he was gonna get an arm triangle i really thought i'm like it's coming he's gonna somehow win this now (laughs) well he kept going right like I, i it wouldn't have been that you know unrealistic to think like okay maybe he's just going to hold him down and survive and and, and win the, win the mental fight of surviving the fight and going to the decision but like no he he went to finish he was still trying to win the fight even in the state that he was in so yeah just a ton of heart a great ambassador a fantastic fighter but obviously you know at 43 you know your best days are long behind you so i think this was the right move and yeah like like we've also i've also mentioned you know it's good you always want to see these guys have some kind of backup plan, some way to, to make money, because often what happens, right? In the UFC right now, he retires. In two years, the money's dwindling. You know, he just has the bank account that's not getting any more income. You end up seeing him on a Bellator or somewhere, you know, or, or yeah, you're, you're taking like, that fight. Don't... You're taking the slap league two grand and two grand to fight, man. I mean, you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, don't, you just don't want to see these guys get in a situation where they know their best years are behind them. They don't have a plan B. They can't really continue to make money just being off like a former personality. They have to get back in the game. And then, you know, we see these guys, a lot of times Bellator picks them up because they'll use the name brand to, you know, try to sell a card or whatever. And, and then they're getting knocked out horribly like Chuck and Tito in that, was that might have been a fourth fight too? That was, was that third. was the third one. I was in L.A. under Golden Boy, and I was miserable for everybody it was, involved. It was oh that oh that's right. That was, so that was a different organization. But it was just it was just bad. It was just sad, right? It's like you just know like this this wasn't these aren't the same two guys. And you see some guy get creamed. It's like yeah, this this shouldn't have happened. Um, and yeah, I don't think Glover's going to go that way because he has avenues to continue to make money, kind of like Randy Couture and some of these other or GSP, right? Like. If GSP ever fights again, it's because he really wants to. It's not because he needs the money, right? And that's kind of what you want it to be. You don't want it to be like, like, a, like a rampage situation where we, he's we, trying to like. Get we're in a at the point now, bro. With- we're this many years into this sport that we are seeing the bad end of stuff. It's happening. Yeah. We got we sure, got Bonner yeah. out there. We got the Baroni situation. And I'm not saying everything's the result. This is not everybody's fault. But like you're talking about guys who are not okay. Like if you're like if you end up in a situation where you kill your girlfriend yeah. in a Mexican motel room, you were not taken care of well by the sport. Are you know? Are mm-hmm. we surprised we haven't heard anything from like Don Fry or like we'll on Dan Severin as well? Like, that they're not okay. Yeah, like how have we not heard well, anything from them? Well, we got see, Marks the, and the, Gary Goodridge. We got. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean Gary. Gary kept kept fighting, and mm-hmm. that was that was his problem. Is like he these other guys. I mean, I don't know what. Dan Severin's doing. I think he's coaching wrestling. 
Don Fry. I mean, these are guys that I think personally had like kind of a better head on their shoulders. This sport attracts all types. And I think the guys that have the most trouble are, are like people that were already finding themselves on the wrong side of the law, having trouble, you know, criminal pass. And then it's like, oh, well, MMA was my escape from that, right? This is a way I can get out of the livelihood I was in and make money fighting. And then once that ends, it's like, okay, well, what do I fall back on? And it's like, well, you know, I can't either. These guys weren't really like coaches. They weren't leaders. They, they followed instructions. They didn't give instructions. So like, what do they do? after they can't compete anymore and it becomes tough you know i think for a lot of these guys it, it's a very tough transition so you know, you, know you just you always wish for the best it, it, it's tough you know um and then yeah unfortunately there's been some guys well, that have just been on the wrong side you know, guys you guys are i'm not sure you did this on purpose you really transitioned to what i wanted to talk about which is the corners and referees stopping fights um and we're gonna speed it up here we're already 45 minutes in and i'm not trying to make a two-hour podcast out of this um jessica and Draj beat lauren murphy's ass bad like i was ready for us to start calling this thing two minutes into the second round like once lauren started growing more heads on her face like more faces with all the bumps and stuff and at the end of the second round i can't believe they sent him out there for the third center out there for the third mark i don't care if she's still throwing she's not getting she's not landing she's getting killed out there like this is mm-hmm that took that had, that had an impact on that woman's future. They all these fights do. That uh, there, she had nothing to gain. Like I know, like you might just like she might get the miracle shot. But first of all, Lauren Murphy didn't got in that kind of fighter. Like Lauren Murphy wins fights by out toughing you, and I love Lauren Murphy. I say it every time she fights. I know her husband's in her corner. Like, and I know today she's like, I'm glad my corner didn't stop it. Right now, you're glad your corner didn't stop it. Like, you're 40 years old. What is she's not young? She's 40 years old, maybe something like that. Like, yeah, I don't remember. And, um, I, I didn't find you know, watching this, she was getting pumbled. Yeah. It was a lopsided one sided boxing. Fight. There's no scenario where they send the guy out there. Only in this fucking sport do they keep sending people yep. out there. Like, boxing, they end the corner saves fighters, they do what they got to do. And I don't know what the culture is in this sport where the corner is not allowed to do that. And we got to. Everybody's got to fucking die on their shield out there, bro. Like, I don't yeah, know if I, mean, I that was I necessary. I, I don't know. I, I didn't find this one that egregious. Um, I do agree. Like, they could have stopped. I mean, obviously, there was no comeback. And, and, and you kind of knew there wasn't going to be. And I don't think I would have had personally a problem if they stopped it. I think ultimately why they didn't is even though Lauren was taking a lot of shots, she never looked like punch drunk out there. You know, like you look, you look at the Glover fight. There's a couple head kicks where he was kind of stumbling around. He couldn't stay on his feet. I don't think Jessica, did she even drop her? I mean, I don't think she does. I mean, look it up. But I mean, that's that's not the indicator of you're getting abuse, though, just because you don't get wobbled. You're like, you could see the shot, the number of, just your number of punches she took was the problem. Yeah, no, I mean, and again, like, I wouldn't have any problem if they stopped it. But like, for me, like, when it kept She got hit 231 times in a three-round fight. Yeah. Jamal landed two. Jamal landed one more punch. Jamal had five rounds. He landed one more punch than her. Uh, she got yeah, but again, like Jamal was no knockdowns. putting damage. He, Dude, he, I mean, you Glover don't think this was, was cut da- up. Glover got knocked down. You see her face? What's that? You see her face? She got damaged too. I did. Like it was. I mean, that's the thing. Is like she was bruised up. She was beat up. She was taking good shots, but like there wasn't for me. There was never a point where she like lost her footing or anything like that. So I didn't think like in in the long run, I'm sure it didn't do her any favors. And it's not like going to the the third round 
really did much for her besides just take more punishment. Um, but yeah, for me personally, I just I didn't find this one as egregious. Like I, I thought Glover was more egregious when like the dude's been dropped, he's been getting whooped well, on. You know, we can talk about it. We can talk about it abstractly. I feel the complete opposite. Mm. Not that I thought. I mean, I thought the Glover one could have been stopped too. And I think we need to put aside the idea that every fight is being treated equally because it's not. People view the stakes like mm -hmm. a main event in a title fight where the guy's about to retire versus just a fight on the main card versus you're fighting in, you know, Palookaville, whatever. That mm -hmm. I will say this same referee, Mark Goddard, who I think Mark Goddard is the best referee going right now. I think he's the most consistent mm -hmm. referee. Izzy Adesanya did not. Izzy Adesanya took a very comparable amount of damage here. And he had 20 bad seconds. I'm just saying like... I think if you let, if you, and that's the, he was a referee for the um, main event. He wasn't a referee for Andrade and uh, Murphy. But Murphy. I okay. felt like, man, you let Glover take a lot. I think there was a lot of, I mean, there were, he was in the same amount of peril a couple of times where I'm like, it's about one more I, shot does it. And like, I don't I think, think he let Izzy take that one more shot. <laughs> Glover and Izzy, Glover was taking a lot of shots. He had his hands up. He was trying to move and he threw back with Izzy. His hands weren't really up. He was still kind of moving, but he was eating shot. And I think I think these are minute differences, but they're important differences. Okay. I think when you have a fighter who's against the cage and he's getting rained on, and fucking Glover was getting rained on, like Jamal Hill was teeing off. He did have his hands up. He was trying to move to deflect shots, and he ultimately did throw back. Like, and I think that's an important thing. Like, if you're just on the cage, just getting whomped on. Well, and I think he also gave, he had longer time. He gave him more of a chance to throw back too. There's a time thing there too. I think I don't think I don't think I don't think he took a sustained yeah. number of punches. Izzy took as I many think, punches as Glover did before Glover started throwing. Punches. I think what the Izzy thing was a little different is when he got when he got hurt, he was rocked on his feet bad, kind of like Glover was when he got head kicked. When Glover got head kicked, he stumbled around and then he got and then he got pushed down. You know, like he got dropped down to the ground. And now when Izzy got hurt, he was stumbling on his feet. He didn't really have a clear head. When Glover was on his feet, he wasn't he he wasn't as unstable, right? He like he was he was getting a beat down. He was in a defensive position, but I well, think those I, are my. Well, I also think I mean, I veered off my point of mostly really the corner stopping fights because referees because these sure, are going to happen. Sure, you're thinking that Glover's corner. So we're saying the corner doctor would have stopped one of these fights. Um, I think I understand why Glover's corner didn't stop it more than I understand why Lauren Murphy's did it. Then again, you also. Feel opposite I do. I think we. I think Mike really. The larger point is, there's no real culture of stopping fights in this sport by the corner. It doesn't exist. Like who does it? I can count twice. I think that I definitely remember it happening. That's and that's two more than I can think of. I remember Trevor Whitman stopped Nate Marquardt taking an ass whooping, and then Nate Marquardt essentially fired him afterwards for doing that. And then I remember BJ Penn. The corner was like, are you done, BJ? When, was it George whooped his ass? I think it was when George whooped his ass, Marcus. I think it was after the third round of George GSP just whooping his ass. And, and then BJ was dead. And the corner stopped that one. And BJ basically asked them to. It's not like. So that doesn't even really count. I mean, Mark, and I there's think no culture in case, this. And I think in that case, his corner, wasn't it his brother's? It's whatever lackeys BJ found that week to corner him. Yeah, that's what BJ's corner even is. Um, Mike, if this is boxing. People at the corner stops fight all the fucking time, bro. Uh, like, all yeah. the fucking time. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of times in boxing, you'll have people stop stop the fight um, even when the fighter doesn't want them to. And they can have dire consequences such as 
Which fight was that? I think it was the second. Was it the second uh, Wilder Fury fight where the guy threw in the towel because you know Wilder was getting his ass whooped, mm. and um, and Wilder didn't like it and fired the guy, but the guy had the you know the conviction of character to be like, no, my job is to protect you. You're getting a whole bunch of fucking headshots for no reason. We w- I want you to be able to continue to having fights at some point in the future, or you know just generally, I don't want you to you know have your brain leaking out of your ear. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. Bobby, you're muted. Is this, this because be like, is this because half their paycheck is tied to winning, not the cornerman? Which it might be. I don't know how the cornerman gets paid if he's being paid a flat fee or percentage. But like, is this why they don't want to risk? Like the fighter half his paycheck is tied to winning here. He did. They want every opportunity to get the other half of the paycheck. That's, that's what I got. That's, that's, that's a, my best. That's, I got out of this. No, bro. that's that. That's a good point in boxing. It's it's normally just a guaranteed set purse when win or lose if I'm right. I think in in, in MMA if you're a trainer getting what ten percent. I'm not even talking about. I'm not even talking about the cornerman getting paid as much as the fighter is going to lose his shit on you because he's. But yeah, the cornerman might get a flat percent. Might get a percentage too. You're right. Mm-hmm. So there's also that. Um, I mean, Marcus, what do you think? I mean, that's what I got. I mean, there's no. I mean, regardless of where you mean agreeing on these ones. There has to be some level of, like, I would like to see this happen a little bit, personally. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is intriguing. I mean, I do agree with you. You know, not that any of us watch, like, a ton of boxing. But I do feel like sometimes referees and corners are maybe a little bit quicker to stop. And it, it could be to the nature of the sport. There's a lot of ways you can win. We've seen a lot of come-behind upsets happen before. Um, you know, my fight of the year last year with Matt Chanel, like, I was saying, like, stop the fight. Stop the fight. This guy's done. And he pulled it off and he got. So I don't know if the corners are just banking on, you know, some kind of miracle happening here and there. And and sometimes they do, but oftentimes they don't. I I couldn't really tell you why more corners don't try to protect their fighter. I mean, it could be just like you said, like there's ramifications, right? Like oftentimes if the fighter really believes that he was still in the fight and that you prematurely, you know, took the fight away from him, took the money away from him took the any momentum he might have had in his career, especially when you're talking about UFC, the biggest organization where wins count for so much, there's ranking systems going on. If you cost that livelihood, they might not want you to train them anymore. They might lose trust in you as a trainer. So maybe a lot of them are very hesitant to potentially lose a client, a golden goose. Um, and at the same time, we can then look at, okay, who's the gym? How many big stars do they have, you know, on their roster that are bringing in, you know, buco bucks for the organization? And like with Lauren Hill, here's a ranked fighter. I don't know how much she's making, but it's probably a lot more than the other people at the gym. Potentially, again, don't know who, um, who all's there or whatever. But like, yeah, maybe it's those factors. I couldn't tell you. Um, it, it does seem a little weird, uh, but at the same time, especially with a case like Lauren, too, like. All last week, all we were saying, and I don't think any of us, none of us picked her to win, but we're like, she's tough. She's built a career on taking hits and keep going. And sometimes, you know, she's been able to tough out a lot of wins. So maybe that's the mindset there. You know, e- each case is kind of unique and specific and you have to look at it. You can't just kind of put everything in a, in a vacuum and just be like, okay, you take this many strikes, it's done. Um, but yeah, just, I wouldn't uh, be objecting to it. J- just a quick thing, Mark, just so that we're not miseducating people out sure. there. It's Lauren Murphy. Oh, sorry. Did I, did I was, up her name? You said Lauren Hill, and Mike wanted to make a miseducation no. of Lauren Hill joke. <laughs> That's what I, I know. Yeah. What, I know where he was sorry. going. I know yeah. Yeah. Lauren took 15 significant strikes. 
uh, per minute, one every four seconds. So she is going to be feeling this one for a little bit of time. That we we say it like that, Jesus Christ. That just be she's got hit the whole fight. Um, we'll see where we go from here with her. I would hope. Did she get anything? No. I mean, why would how would you give her a fight of the night? Okay. All right. I'm gonna pick up the speed here a little bit. Oh fuck. We even gonna have a Shogun. All right. This is part of a longer discussion, but Marcus, I'm gonna need them to not like if you're gonna book a retirement fight for these guys, you gotta give me like I don't think we need to do this young guy without a fucking Wikipedia page against Shogun thing. Oh, I don't even like the fucking Gutierrez sure. versus Edgar thing. Give me another old dude, and let's fucking do it. I don't. I like. What do you? We're not building stars here. Like, let's let's disavow ourselves of the concept that the UFC builds any stars. Okay, and there's none of the not. Well, you can't tell me one of these guys like, oh, like this guy beat fucking whatever old man in the UFC, and now he's fucking middleweight champion. They don't do it. Give me somebody Shogun's age for Shogun to fight. Give me somebody I mean, within uh, four years of him. I don't care. Uh, Give me somebody that's not. Who, I know who he is. Who, who, Anthony who, Smith. Who are you thinking? Give me Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, you don't think that's a more difficult fight? Than I don't care if it's more difficult. No I mean, I don't know. You can fight some young guy. Give me a reason to give a shit, man. Like, what? What's a? Oh, give me somebody we recognize. I don't know. Have a middleweight that we recognize. Move up and like, wait. This is Shogun going out the door. We don't have to have. We don't be miserable. need to see. Yeah, we don't need to see Shogun just getting his ass whooped by some 28-year-old up and If you're trying to do, like, the wrestling thing of you're going to put, the guy's going to put over the young talent on the way over, way out the door, you don't put over a fucking jobber, okay? Like, yeah, I don't disagree. My my main thing is, like, I, I don't I don't disagree. Like, oh, he should fight someone in his own caliber, his own age. They've all retired, Bobby. The only other guy was Glover, <laughs> you know? It's like there's no little nog for him to fight or a Rampage or a Dan Henderson. All these other guys have moved on. So he's, like, the only 40-plus-year-old guy besides I just think, Glover. I just think I have to know. I, you know what? You have to have a Wikipedia page to fight a goddamn guy, a legend, on the way at the door. Is that sure. a low bar for everybody? All right? You got to have been on pay-per-view bar. before. Also... Um, we're skipping a bunch of shit, and Paul Craig got knocked out with a hammer fist sideways by Johnny Walker. Fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Real fucking cool. Let's give him credit there. Gilbert Burns cut through Neil Magny like a fucking hot knife through butter, or knife mm -hmm. through hot butter. Whatever, either way. That was not close. Neil Magny, Mark, we gave him all the credit in the world last week for being tough. Well, this is what happens when you fight Gilbert Burns. Um, but, yeah, I, if I'm booking this card, by the way, I book Johnny Walker and Paul Craig as the main event of the prelims. Even I'm not through this isn't money Matt, money Monday morning quarterbacking here because we all recognize that fight was going to be fucking weird. And some weird shit was going to happen in Craig versus um Walker that might lead to people wanting to watch main pay-per-view. You don't I think we all recognize there was a good chance Shogun was going to get worked. And that is what you were going to show people <laughs> what they chose to show people going into the pay-per-view and asking for $80. I would have flipped that personally. I would have shown the Shogun highlight video, talking about how cool Shogun is, which they did a great job on, and say, this dude's retiring tonight. He's the first fight up. Order the pay-per-view. That's what I would have done, personally. I don't know. And also, dude was, like, dancing after he won. And I know, like, he had, like, yeah. his own struggle and he's Ukrainian and all that. Read the room, homie. Read the room. <laughs> um, I didn't even mind the the celebration dance, you know. It, 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 
these are fighters. They they get excited. This is obviously the biggest stage he's had. This is a, a legend that he was fighting. My 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 gripe with the dance was I think he did the suck it sign at first. I was like, we'll cut that part out. You can do a little dance and you can even do his little like finger shake at him. Like, no, no, no. Like, okay, that's a little, it's a little <laughs> snooty patootie. But like when he does the like suck it, it's like it's a 41-year-old man. Who's like a legend of the sport? Like you don't tell him to suck it. You, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, we all think like he should have been like, "Oh, Shogun, you okay? Like, I respect you." I mean, you, you'd like to see that, but you know, you make your own breaks in this sport. And if he wants to be like the bad bad guy, and I think a lot of the Twitter stuff I read was like, yeah. "Oh, I guess I'm supposed to hate this guy." Oh, now. Bilal like, Muhammad made me laugh. Bilal Muhammad when he just mm-hmm. went, "Okay, I hate this guy now." That made me laugh. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Look at. That's that's kind of what guys are going for now. I mean, it looks like there's more fighters that are like, oh, I want to go the villain route than the respectable route. And, you know, you, you choose your own path in this life. So we we gave Shogun all the flowers in the world last week. Um, We're going to miss him, man. He probably should have retired about eight years ago just for our, our yeah. least fought guys who were not this. He'd been fighting young dudes in his weight class and it just kept going. He fought them all. You're right. <laughs> he fought OSP twice. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Like. Anyway, um, all right, running through some of the stuff we had happened here. Um, prelims were better than the main card. Just to say that. Uh, they were really good prelims. The Bonefiem brothers did work. All right, just did work. Both of them made their, both of them fought on the same night in the Contender Series. Both guys debuting on the same night in the UFC. Israel, Ismail Bonefiem versus Terrence McKinney, T-Rex. Every T-Rex fight is violent, and it goes fast. Um... So that fight ending in the first round was like minus 800, Mike. All right. Everybody knew what we were headed for. And uh, T-Rex got got smoked. Mike? Sorry, your head what is about who, that. Who exactly is T-Rex? You, you have never said the guy's name. Is his name yeah. T-Rex? His name is Terrence McKinney. Oh. Yeah. I should just call him Terrence McKinney. Um, but... Terrence McKinney got shut off here. And... um. Shout out to Barstool showing their ass because they got their feelings hurt because of some interaction between Terrence McKinney and Robbie. Homeboy with the glasses and the beanie. Robbie Brooks, Fox. Brooke bought Fox. And then he kind of had to apologize because they tried to mock him getting knocked out. And people are like, bro, what? shut up, basically. Um, that was a cool fight. And that's um, we're definitely going to be talking about that knee at the end of the year, I think. That was a sweet, sweet, uh, almost double knee. Uh, KO contender of the year, and it's only January. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to try to do this thing every year now. When we, we remember, guys, to kind of rate the cards, a scale of one to 10. Uh, seven. I got seven out of 10, honestly, for this card. I thought the prelims were better, but I gave it a seven out of 10. Um, you guys, I mean, you guys don't have to give a rating, rating if you don't. For, for me, I gave it a seven out of 10. Mark, you got anything? I'm going to have to give it an NA. Uh, the only fight I was able to watch was the Moreno fight, which, uh. I mean, it was a pretty good butt whooping he was given to Figgy, but I don't think that's enough for me. It's to a six out of ten butt whooping, maybe a seven out of ten butt whooping. Marcus, what do you think of the card? Yeah, no, I was thinking six point five seven. Um, mm. I only watched the main and Shogun's fight. Um, so when I was thinking six point five, maybe I bump it up to a seven because you said the prelims were good, which okay. is. I'll give good prelims like a 0.5 bump up because I mean for me a card really lives and dies on the main card because uh, I do feel like a lot of these cards yeah no it's fair I mean I watch prelims I mean this is not gonna be an exact science I watched 15 fucking fights so I sorry I watched I missed the first one so for, 14 uh, 
for a quick second, Mark, I thought you gave the a rating of six point five seven. Oh no 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 no! I only do one decimal point. So six. I was thinking six point five, pause or seven. Uh, and you know, I think a seven kind of matches because I thought the main card was good. I thought the co-main, um, while it was an interesting fight, it kind of ended anticlimactically. You know, just a corner. Uh, you know, a doctor. The worst of the four fights, Brown. I'd say. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it was just like this is a huge quadrilogy, and this like it just ends kind of like with a whimper. Um, but the rest of the fights I thought were good. I thought the main event, even though it was kind of a beatdown, it was still entertaining to watch. It was it was good to see Glover put like his best effort forward. Um, the Paul Craig, Johnny Walker, Gilbert Burns fight were fun. You know, first round finishes. Um, Jessica Andrade looked good. I think that I think it was a strong main card, followed up by you know a, a fair a pretty good prelim as well. So. Yeah, seven, you know, up there, you know, it, five being average. This was a good card. Um, I yeah, don't to justify, know. man, whatever you want to say. Yeah. So we're just, just, just so at the end of the year, we can say, what do we really like? Mark and I right. thought this was a pretty decent card. Yeah, basically. I don't think this will be in our discussion. No. Oh, God. If it is. Oh, this fuck me. A bad year. This show's yeah. ending by April. If this is the fight card of the year by April. I'm just letting you know that. Okay. <laughs> right now. That's the end of this podcast. All right. We're going to pick up the pace here a little bit. Um, by the way, fight of the night, main event. Okay. Um, performances, uh, Jalton Imeida looks like a killer, guys. You might want to go back and watch Jalton Imeida versus Shamil Abdul Rahimov. Man was just a surgeon out there. Well done. And then um, Ismail Bonfim with that knee. It's $50,000 knee, knee for him, buddy. So good for him. UFC's back on February 4th into February 5th. Um, Due to the cancellation of the South Korea card, the main card of Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak is going to kick off at 10 p.m. Pacific time. And it has... You know what? I'll make it to the second one. Duho is the second fight of the main card, Mark. I'll get it that far. Uh, Mike, Duho Choi. Oh, sorry. Duho! <laughs> there we go. That's for the people who remember the podcast from like, what, five years ago? Jesus. Um, Mike, this starts at 1 a.m. your time. You might as well wake up early and watch the main event. <laughs> Okay, that's what you should do. What so is, we talking like what six a.m. No, probably like, seven a.m. No, to only watch five, it. It's five. You know what? It's probably gonna be like four. It's not gonna work for you. It's not gonna work. Um, yeah, they have all. They have. They're doing road to the UFC tournament finals. That's a show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did. They did it for Japan. Yeah, two of these eight people involved have Wikipedia pages. So overall, we're batting about uh, forty percent on main on the. Oh, uh, it's 50% on people having um, Wikipedia pages on this thing. Tybura versus Blagoy Ivanov sounds like a good time for me to watch the next morning when I have coffee. Um, all right. Um, so a couple, couple things we want to hit before we keep going. As we keep going here, uh, I closed it now. But uh, Luke Rockhold, unretired from MMA. Marcus, you talk about guys just showing up in uh, Strike for or Bellator or something. Mm -hmm. You go ahead and pencil that shit in right now for Luke Rockhold, wouldn't you say? He has a connection with Coker. Um it would make sense. We'll see. You know, we'll see where their cards lay. I mean, PFL is making moves. Who knows? Um, word was that they uh, right now they got Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso as the co-main event to John Jones and Cyril Gon. Word mm -hmm. was that they're also going to put Amanda Nunes versus uh, Irene Aldana on that card, <laughs> where you'd have both of Lobo Jim's most prominent fighters fighting for world titles on the same evening. Um, shout out to Mexican MMA, by the way, guys. Fucking those seeds the UFC's been planting all this time. 
Moreno, Yair, these two uh, women. Things are happening. Um, now they're saying that Amanda might not fought till April, possibly on an, in a New York City card, not, not Brooklyn, like Madison Square Garden, maybe. Um, maybe playing to what Mike was saying about the UFC going to Brooklyn, uh, going to Colorado instead in November rather than usual uh, New York date. So, I think it'd be kind of cool though to have um, I mean, three title fights on one card. I think that I'm not against it, but the two of those title fights might go 25 minutes, Mark. Like the two, both those women's fights might go 25 minutes each, especially how sure. tough Irene is and uh, Grosso also. Um, Tyson Fury's down to fight Francis again. He says it. He wants four ounce gloves. Queensbury. Who rules. knows the Queensbury rules? Honest question. I've heard that. I've heard the like the Queensbury. I've heard the thing. I don't know what they are. I um, thought, I mean, I heard, a, I, I like looked it up or read it or saw it somewhere like years ago. Like, I think you can do like dirty boxing. Like you can hold the guy's head and punch him. Like there's some, so against there's the cage, some maybe. techniques. What's that? Against a cage, maybe that if you're saying in a cage. Maybe, or it could maybe even do like, you can do like the, uh, the back knuckle. Cause you can't really do a back fist in boxing. That's illegal. Um, so it's something like that. It's something where like some of the, the rule sets particular to punching in boxing are eliminated in, in this rule set, but I don't I don't remember exactly. Mike, I think are, that's but... like a good idea. I mean, I think I mean I'm down to watch that happen. I mean, he wants Mike Tyson to be the referee. Makes me think this whole thing's ridiculous now that he mentioned that. But I think it's cool that he's mentioning it in general. I think that's good for Francis. Yeah, you know, I think Tyson is probably bored at this point. I mean, there's like what maybe one fight really left for him. God, I want Just that fight, one? though, bro. I want that fight. You you can't. We can't unify. We got to unify the titles. You have an opportunity for him to become the first undisputed um, heavyweight champion in, I think, the four-belt era. Has there been a four-belt champion? Uh, he would have to fight Anthony Joshua? No, uh, Yusek. Is that the one? Yusek, mm -hmm. the um, Ukrainian cat. Uh, as, what's his Alexander Yusek? Something Yusek. Is this, yeah, is this like really the time, you know, to be taking things from Ukrainians? Okay, we'll have him fight Francis instead. Uh, the other one, I think this one's actually better, bigger, honestly, is Steven Espinoza, who runs Showtime Sports, talking about how they can be very flexible with Francis between Bellator and boxing. And I think that's mm -hmm. a big deal, Mark. I think that's a big, big deal. Um, by the way, we didn't talk about some of the details of what they said about Francis last week, where Dana White saying Francis weighs 300 pounds now and doesn't give a shit. Like, all right, woman beater, shut the fuck up. All right, just, just shut up. I made it 45 minutes. Um, yeah. Um, I did like the part where apparently Francis said they told me, uh, go ask Randy Couture what it's like to go against the UFC. So Francis went to his gym, Extreme yeah, Couture, and said, yo, Randy, what was it like going against the UFC? Randy's like, I'm pretty fucking rich. I think it'll be okay. <laughs> and Francis is like, all right, I'll go against the UFC. Um, all right. Um... Marcus, I think we should we induct another fight. We're now we're in ten minutes in, or should we go to stuff we like? Um, part of me thinks we might, we maybe should save this because this is sure. sure so we'll let's save it. Let's save We've it because this is we'll, we'll, this thing. This thing was relevant three weeks ago. Yeah. four weeks ain't going to mean nothing at this point. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we're we'll going to it for this. Week. You know what? We're going to we're going to give you a teaser. We are going. Mean, this is not a teaser. This is just we're telling you what we're going to talk about. The next fight we're going to induct is Bob Sapp versus Antonio Rodrigo Noguera in Pride. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor and watch it before yeah, we get to it. I don't, I don't even think it's like teasing it, Bobby. You literally told me on New Year's like do that fight. And I, I did. Like, okay, and then I watched it, and then every week we've just yeah. We've I'm had sorry. Talk about I'm sorry. No, it's not even a big deal. But like they put a 16 fight UFC card, bro. They put a 16 fight UFC card. All right, 
No, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm um, we're gonna do stuff we like, and um, I don't have anything. But at the end, I want to say a little something about Jay Briscoe, um, uh, wrestler sure. we lost this week. So, Mike, do you have anything this week? I actually do, and it is something in regards to you guys' home state. Uh, the stuff Ooh. I like this week is that sweet, sweet nectar, rain, that water, that <laughs> okay. H2O. So Get may fucked, I give... Mike. No. <laughs> Stop the mic, right? No, Mike. Mike, 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 my lobby is still wet. <laughs> Mike, it's still wet from the flooding. <laughs> well, you know what? Fuck your lobby, Bobby, because... Three months ago, 99% of the state was in drought conditions. Now, it's only 92. Three months ago, shut up, Bobby, 40% of your state was in immensely severe drought conditions. Okay, what it's it is severe, today, not immensely it severe. Is, severe. It, <laughs> yo, I, I just saw a news report today where it was severe and immensely severe, all right? All right, so it was a mess. So that's like really bad, right? 40%. You know how much it is today? 0%. Your reservoirs are above Yo, I got to buy a new bumper for hey, myself hey, and the Mini Cooper hey, I hit, okay? Hey, <laughs> Mike. hey. <laughs> right. right now, your reservoirs are slightly above average to historic, you know, the historic averages right now. And y'all still got months of the rainy season left. Oh, it's done. Right? Yeah, we'll see. We, I've seen <laughs> this news report that said months of rainy season. So, bro, they couldn't predict well, the rainy season the day before it showed up, bro. I mean, I have yeah, no faith Mike, in Mike, any of the weather. <laughs> and Mike, I'm with you. It's frustrating living in here where it's like, oh, drought, 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 and it starts raining. It's like, oh, now we're flooding. Right? It's like, get it like, together. All I, Either all you I, want the water or you don't want the dude, water. <laughs> all I've heard from Bobby is bitching and moaning about wildfires and droughts and all that. And now you guys Yo, get a nice little deluge. Just because. A nice little deluge. And he's like, Yo, just man. because I want a sandwich doesn't mean you got to give me an entire Subway franchise, okay? I want one a little bit. I got to go buy a wet back now oh my life is so hard mike 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 as a californian i'm with you i'm like i thought we would be so hard up for this water we'd have all these scientists like oh we're gonna grab mark all has this a two water. block mark has a two block water uh, drive to work two blocks all right bobby, two blocks. bobby <laughs> out mike. here just channeling his inner missy elliot he can't stand the rain <laughs> <laughs> that was good mike i mean hey, my, my my storage shed started leaking but, you know, mostly it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. It's like drought, drought, drought. You know, don't flush your shit because we need to save the water. And then we get a bunch of water and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do with all this water. It's flooded everything. It's like a scientist. Get your buckets. Put it somewhere you need it. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Save it for later. Exactly. All right. <laughs> These what guys are, are on team. Get your buckets. Look. Get I'm, your buckets I, up. They wanted the rain I was fine with. Once we got to the point where it was just like, bro, I can't go out and get my socks wet I mean, all the time. And Bobby, I'm with you. Like, I don't like being out in the rain. I don't like getting wet and walking the dogs and being miserable. You know, I like, I, you know what I love? I love being in the car when it's raining and you hear all the pitter patters on the car. It's like, oh, that's just, that's, 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 that's a soothing shit. That's a top five sound. All right, Mike. Yeah, in addition I don't, to, I don't like walking in it, but in addition I do to agree the, with Mike. Uh, it's like, water. we need the water and we get the water. Then it's too much water. It's like, come on, guys, get it together. Can I have a glass of water? Mike dumps a pitcher on your fucking head. It's fine, right? You wanted oh. water, right? <laughs> oh, I love a good cold glass of water, Bobby. Oh. You know what's another top five sound? 
the sound of like the microwave beeps when like you're done, like the food is done. Oh, it's uh, a good sound. <laughs> I mean, it's good. I don't know. If top, I mean, uh, top five. <laughs> top five. Top five. Right? All right, buddy. Besides, like, I'm about to eat. Mike, what else? Mike, before you go, nuke some cup of noodles. What else do you got for us this week? And is that it? No, that was it. All right, Marcus, what do you got? Uh, yeah, not not a ton this week. Um, game wise, there's not a ton coming out. Um, this game for Spoken's coming out this week. This was like Squaring Square Enix's big new IP. Um, reviews came out today. Not super great and not too surprising. Open world kind of like um, JRPG stuff. I, I was I was intrigued in it, but like as we got closer to it, I was like, I'm going to hold off. And it seems like a lot of it's like, oh, the tra- transversal stuff's kind of fun. Combat gets interesting when you get more of the the abilities and stuff, but like it really seems like if you like the story, the game's kind of in the high sevens range. If you don't like the story, it's like in in the fifties. So it's kind of like a mediocre game, unfortunately. Um, outside of that, I'm trying to think like if I saw anything, if I watched anything new, and I can't really think of anything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this book. I saw oh, this yeah. book on. Uh, on uh amazon or one of the sites and i was like oh this is exactly what i fucking wanted this is the uncanny x-men trading cards complete series oh i like that cover yeah on on, in the early 90s jim lee like you know trading cards and comics were kind of really big and they made this uncanny x-men trading card you know collectible card thing and i think i had a neighbor that had like damn near all of them i just i mean the art's on them is really cool and what i loved on the back of the card it has like their stats like oh how good are they at fighting and how intelligent it has a little thing about them and in the last couple years or so i was like man i would really love i don't even like want the cards i just want to like be able to see the cards and i'll let you know right now Mm -hmm. i had a whole bunch of those cards when we were growing up as kids yeah i never i don't know it was it was awesome yeah my neighbor had my thought it was cool but i never myself went to get them so in the last year or so, I was like, man, it'd be really good if I could just find like a PDF that had everything. Or in this case, they had a hardcover book that had all these cards in it. So it's been kind of fun to flip through. And, you know, there's a lot of extra, um, you know, behind the scenes kind of commentary. Um, yeah, but honestly, just having a page where it has like, here's the front of the card, flip it over. Here's the back of the card. And here's all the little stats you want. Like, that's kind of exactly what I wanted. So, yeah, I've been super happy with it. Um, I, I, I think it was on like IGN or something. You know, they have like... You know, these gaming websites always have like, oh, here's a bunch of deals. And like, if you click our link, we might get a little kickback. So like every day they got a bunch of shit they want you to buy. I clicked that shit. I was like, I clicked that mm-hmm. shit. Then I delete everything after the thing. And I river fresh because eat my ass. <laughs> buddy, <laughs> no, okay? know, Marcus, every day you're like, oh, here's this thing you may or may not have or be interested in this because you're the deal, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I need my own honestly, fucking like, affiliate link. That's what it sounds like, Mark. I need my own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably should. You probably <laughs> make some cash on it. But I saw this. I was like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. I think it was on sale. I think it was only like 15 bucks or something. So it's been a good read. So, yeah, that's why I got this week. Five. And. By the way, Mark, that cover with with Magneto, mm-hmm. that was from a very famous like four, I think like a four cover um, Uncanny X-Men run. Um, oh, sure. That cover. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, Jim, Jim Lee's, you know, one of the most like historic artists for specifically X-Men, too. So like, yeah, the art's cool and just the little stuff. It's, it's, it's been a cool book. Yeah. Enjoyed it. That's what I like this week. Awesome. Um. All right, so I want to talk about um, Jay Briscoe, um, who I'll refer to as Jay Briscoe, but a government name was uh, Jamin Pugh. Um, one half of a tag team called the Briscoe Brothers. Um, 
a, a team that him and his brother uh, Mark Pugh Mark, or Mark Briscoe formed when they both joined the wrestling business. Um, Jay died um, last uh, Tuesday. Um, he got he was he was driving with his two of his daughters in his pickup truck. Uh, he was not wearing a seatbelt, um, though I don't think that would have helped him here necessarily. When on the opposite side of a road, and this is in Delaware somewhere. This happened where. My understanding is everybody's going. It's one of those situations where you're both sides, everybody's driving like 60 miles an hour. Lady went up in a pickup truck also on the other side, swerved into his lane, had a head-on collision, killed him. Uh, she died as well. She was wearing a seatbelt. She died. So that's why I said that. Obviously, for the love of God, everybody wear a fucking seatbelt. But uh, his daughter's the in the okay? car. No. Well, yeah. it sounds like they're going to be okay. But at the time, one of his daughters couldn't feel anything below her knee. Mm. Uh, she now can feel some stuff and sounds like she's going to be able to come together there um, and be okay ultimately, or however okay you're going to be when you're in a head-on collision when your dad dies at age 38. Um, sounds like he's going to be very... I, I, I kind of... And I'm not the biggest Ring of Honor fan in the world. I was not super familiar with the Briscoe brothers. I The matches they had with FTR this year was the most I'd watch them. And I kind of known who they were as kind of like these foils to the Young Bucks and other teams in Ring of Honor you've heard about for, you know, since Ring of Honor's basically existed. Um, I think Jay was in the first ever Ring of Honor match, actually, um, in uh, 2002, I believe. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's a very, it's seeing the outform, out, out, outpouring of support from the entire wrestling community, um, WWE included, actually. And um, this is really a sign. I'll tell you that Triple H hasn't lost all control. That in the mi- control that in the middle of NXT, the announcer said, "We just heard some really terrible news that a member of the wrestling community." They said wrestling, the wrestling community. Jay Briscoe just mm-hmm. died, and you know Booker T sitting there, and Booker T knows Jay Briscoe, and they all know uh, the entire WWE roster. Got roster guys is Ring of Honor from ten years ago. People have talked about that. Um, Kevin Owens was just broken man. It seemed like online the Young Bucks. FTR, all these guys are just crushed. Adam Cole, everybody talked about how much they just thought these two gentlemen. And um, I kind of like that this generation of wrestler, and we saw it also, Mike, I think you saw it with the Brody Lee stuff. And Stefan actually remember mentioning it to me because Stefan didn't know a lot about Brody Lee. Like, man, this generation of wrestler, they really, they really, when they say the word brother, like the brothers and stuff, it seems like they really mean it, man. These guys actually generally seem to have each other's back on some level here, which not the previous generation's didn't but you really see that it's a real like one for all all for one type attitude with these guys which and i was looking at they made like a not a gofundme because uh, these gentlemen uh, the briscoes are more religious they have like a thing that's like gofundme but you can give money or prayers so you can click oh i get this person gave 50 prayers which no judgment but you can click the link and that's what happens and that's the entire ordeal there um rather than money thing it's not chris jericho donated 15 grand each young buck then donated 10 grand. Adam Cole then it, it is all to the family, you know, because that they lost their breadwinner. Um, and it sounds like Tony Khan is word is he's pretty much going to take care of this family best he can because he did buy Ring of Honor about a year ago, which you got to get the man respect for that. Um, I was a little disappointed. Um, I kind of understood why, but they could, they, TBS wouldn't let AEW do a tribute show for him. A, a TBS also wouldn't let AEW actually full on sign them to be AEW wrestlers, not just Ring of Honor wrestlers. It's because when Jay was uh, in 2011, 
Jay said some pretty homophobic stuff about like a lot of F words out in New York City today and talking about Hurricane Irene at the time, hoping it's going to get all the he she's and the she he's. And he said some really reprehensible stuff. And he really better, he really tried over those next 10 years or so to really better himself. The man, people can change. He donated thousands and thousands of dollars to different, uh, ant, to different, um, ch- uh, word this char- uh, correctly. Uh, charities that help the um, LGBTQ community. He t- celebrated the passage of um, same-sex marriage being allowed. He talked about how, man, I didn't, I didn't know. He says I was just a guy. I thought I was protecting my religion. I, I was. I said horrible things. He really made his effort to really be a better himself over those ten years. But TBS didn't want him on tier on their network, right? And they wouldn't let a tribute show. If you want to take that moral point of view. Okay, if you want to draw that line in the sand, I get it. On some level, I get it. But you can't do that when the show that comes on right after Dynamite (laughs) is the fucking White Power Slap League. And we learned today that they offered former UFC UFC veteran Eric Spicely $2,000 to win. $2,000 to show, $2,000 to win on this fucking thing, to go be his power slap guy. So this league was created for like, they thought, man, these UFC fighters are getting too expensive with us getting only 80% of the revenue. Anyway, I watched the first, by the way. Two, G, mean, two Gs to get a concussion. When, they know who you, when people might watch. Like Mark or I, well, some psychopaths like me or Mark might be like, oh, this guy did MMA? Maybe we'll watch this. Like, I mean, <laughs> it was my prediction. They're going to, yeah. it, if it blows up, they're going to get Francis well, uh, on there. I watched, I saw the first because I watch AEW and AEW when it's over, just, you know, the TNT app is just rolling into it. TBS app is just rolling into it. So I saw the first like two, three minutes of this thing, and I had a real hard time. I'm having a hard time putting the words how bad it was, Mark. First of all, his stupid face was in there immediately. Of course. Okay. Of course. It's by the first by the first frame of that. I just want to say I have, a, I have a lot of respect for a lot for the I think I gained a little bit of respect for the AEW audience, which has kind of been kind of a little harsh and weird, quite frankly, in recent years. Uh million people watched they AEW. Didn't watch it. A million people watched AEW. Mm-hmm. 70% of the audience left. Yeah. And TBS is like the third or fourth biggest cable channel, period. At any given time, 200,000 people are just going to watch it, no matter what. Like, people mm-hmm. are, I don't, I, the fact that pretty much everybody left and it was a failure, and God willing, this week is going to be a failure too, because AEW put on a show last week. That was a conservative big show for AEW last week. This week's just a fucking show. Like, AEW might draw 850. I don't know what the Power Slap League's going to do. Um, so, yeah, um, I didn't want to make this about that necessarily. I just felt like it was really hypocritical. You know, I think you guys see where I'm coming from, where we didn't want to tribute, pay tribute to man who had made mistakes. And, like, I'm not going to say anything he said was okay. He won't say anything he said was okay. But he made an effort to better himself. And, like, can you never be forgiven? According to TBS, you can't. Unless you slapped your wife on New Year's Eve, then we're going to make sure you're on our network. Yeah. I, I don't, I definitely don't want to belittle his death because now that i know who he is it, it, it and how young he was and that you know his daughters were in there that's you know really tragic when you first said his name bob i thought it was those old guy one of those old guys that hangs out with Vince yeah. McMahon, and i was like well he's 80 years old i mean yeah it is no I, I feel yeah no. i know honestly i like his name uh, uh, gerald briscoe Okay. Gerald, okay. Gerald so Briscoe. Well yeah, within my rights to yeah. be very. No, you're confused. fair. I, I, I thought they were related to him when they first started. I'm like, oh, okay. they related to him. Okay, yeah, man. It was, it was like, like, it was just okay. a sad story. 
Honestly, it was a sad sure. story. And I was no, really watching sure. just the fact that like, and I know they did tape, but they did tape a tribute show for him and they're going to put it on YouTube for free so everybody sure. can see it. And when they do, I'll happily watch it. Um, I just think it was kind of fucked up to then air that. After I think if you want to draw the line sure. of sand and say, I truly believe what he said was not okay. We shouldn't pay tribute to him, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I feel he's done enough to redeem himself personally. Um, but if you feel that way, that's fine. You can't do that. And then the next show on TV be that though. Like, come on, man. That was just, bum me out. Bum me out. But um, rest in peace, man, to Jay Briscoe. His poor brother, man, one's ever heard from him. Lost his partner in more ways than one. One year older than him. That was his, but that's his, that's his guy through and through. And they lost, he lost him. So, well, real, you know, real shocking moment for the wrestling community this week. But, um, yeah, um, I felt realizing like I'm ending the show on the downer. But, you know what? Go and, um, if you can, see if you can find Jay, if you can go, I think Ring of Honor and a lot of promotions just put, uh, every Jay Briscoe match they had for free, like strung them together in different YouTube videos. You can find Jay Briscoe winning the Ring of Honor title over Kevin Steen, now Kevin Owens. It's a good time, man. You find any of these FTR matches. I watched the last one. Holy fuck, they beat the crap out of each other. Good professional tag team wrestlers. So, anyway. Um, we are going to be back next week. Um, we're going to preview a card none of us are going to watch. Because we're too old. I'm too late. We're just we're <laughs> too old. <laughs> like, it's just, I can't. I'm not making it to Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. I'm sorry. That sounds like a cool fight. Honestly, Marcin Tybura versus uh, Blagoy sounds like a good fight too. But we'll preview that. Um, we'll see if I'm in a good mood or not entirely based on how if the Niners beat the Eagles or not. <laughs> I'm not super confident right now. Um, but until then, um, I was Dr. Law. I was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms. Go watch uh, Last of Us, like we told you last week, and uh, watch some Jay Briscoe matches. And what was the name of the book to pick up, Marcus? Uh, the, the Uncanny X Men Trading Card. Un Uncanny <laughs> X Men Trading Card. I mean, we want, which we're just, sure. you know, we're about to make our own fucking affiliate link for all this stuff. That's what we're going to do every episode. All right, guys, thank you so much. Peace out. See ya. So, what are your chances of you thinking of winning the game on uh, Sunday, Bob? If we play like we did last week, we're not going to win. Well, like we did the last the previous 10 weeks we might that's pretty much it um by the way this is straight up they're doing like the ultimate fighter while showing slap fighting that's what this show is mm -hmm. yeah makes sense they need a, they need a reality hook. you get wrecked for two grand Woo! wow bye everybody <laughs>